Yeah, we're in the future. It's true. This is like we will never have to physically be in the same room ever again, Thank and God. it's very exciting. Thank God. Could you imagine? I haven't smelled an open mic in over a year. And I know that smells so distinctly. It's beer. Yeah. It's old beer. It's carpet. It's um, like spit, kind of. And yeah, burp. The burp yeah. smell is there. <laughs> some, good, some good belch in there. And yeah. um, despair. Yeah, but what's funny is whenever somebody from out of town goes to one, they're like, they smell worse here. <laughs> is that the first I've never seen said? somebody from out of town show up at a Los Angeles open mic and not mention the smell. They're like, is that, is that true? Yes. That's They're really all like, funny. they don't smell this bad at home. You guys smell bad. You know, like. <laughs> there is really something particularly tragic about LA open mics. Because you know that they've been like, <laughs> this is such a huge generalization. But like, I just picture people like sleeping in their car outside for like days, mm-hmm. just hoping that they get the spot. And then yes. like, what is that? You know, then they like want their free like beer or Sprite with. How the- many times have you met somebody who came to LA to do open mics for whatever time out of time and they're sleeping in the beach or in their car <laughs> as their vacation to be like, I was just hoping I'd be here for a week to be discovered. So you guys could really see what I'm up to. And you're like, Oh, you're an insane person. Go the fuck back home. Yeah, I want to get, get undiscovered. <laughs> oh my God. I would love that. If a, yeah. a family from Oklahoma just reached out to me, they're like, Hey, <laughs> we saw your set. I think we should come work for our restaurant and just get life together. Yeah. Get life apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just come be with you, us. You've been undiscovered. We're going to teach you how to run a small business that does fine in a small town. Honestly, I mean, if we're talking about that compared to LA open mics, uh, mm-hmm. it's hard to say, you know, which which is worse. At least one, you don't have to like spend all your money to, to do it, you know? I can tell you which one is worse. Um, it's the open mics, easily easily i know i'm not saying that some people shouldn't be there but some people definitely should not be there too many people are there yeah i don't want to i know if this person happens to listen which i don't think they remember my name at all there was somebody who did not live here and they would come out for a month or two at a time that had a baby and a husband at home and they would talk about their baby and husband in whatever small city they were from i'm just gonna say new mexico just because um it's that's a wide enough thing where they're just like they talk about their baby in new mexico and you're like why aren't you with your baby there's something really disturbing about open micers talking about their babies yeah (laughs) i don't like that they're like their baby needs like i need to be discovered and that's not going to happen in new mexico and i'm like well yeah but also i've seen your act there's nothing to discover go back to new mexico be also like yeah your family isn't going to happen in la let's (laughs) let's be honest yeah Yeah, (laughs) you know What's baby and husband going to do in L.A.? You looked at the school system in Los Angeles and went, this is where the baby should be. Bro, the, the school, yeah, it's like, it's just bad parenting, honestly. It is. If you decide to have kids here, <laughs> you should get arrested. <laughs> honestly, like, there should be somebody who's, like, there at the elementary school to be like, so why do you have to do this here? Yeah, that's a good point. You, like, remember when everyone got mad at Brittany for having the baby in the seat? Uh-huh. on her lap in the thing i i mean that's that's basically what la education is you know what's disturbing is the amount of i remember exactly where i was for almost all of britney's life 
is you could be like, remember when Brittany did this? I'm like, oh, I do remember. I, I remember almost exactly where my life is in comparison to hers. I remember when she said that she fed her kids Coke. Yeah, I was grabbing a crepe on uh, Santa Monica <laughs> Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember so much of her life. It's so stupid. Yeah, but I mean, what else is pop culture for, you know? Yeah, it's like, just to help like mile marker. It like, my life. If, if life is a highway, my mile markers are the milestones of Britney Spears' life. I mean, that's fair. I'm de- like, definitely Kobe's death is going to be a marker for me. It's like, oh yeah, no, mm-hmm. that was like pre-Kobe, like not being here. Which is also the start of the free Britney movement. So it's the same mile marker. Oh, that's true. Just our genders are reversed. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, for some reason, as the sports fan, I should be the one to make that my mile marker. But no, I'm yeah. keeping with Britney. No, you keep your... Oops, I did it again, and then I'll stick with mm-hmm. my black mamba. Oops, I did it again was when I moved to Chicago. Oh, congrats. Do you hear yeah. that? By the way, can you hear that, like, rumbling? No, no. Okay, I don't good. hear earthquakes anymore. Oh, good. Yeah, you're a meme now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's someone fixing some stuff downstairs, and so I can feel it underneath my butt, um, but I'm glad it's not coming Congrats. the headphones. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Most excitement so, I've had since last March. <laughs> The last time you were on the podcast, remember what we were talking about? Modoc. And well, we did talk about Modoc, but I was actually being more specific to you. We talked about your wedding dress. Oh my God. It Bro. was, yeah. you got it from China and you were like, that, remember that COVID things out there? Like, cause it wasn't worldwide yet. And we were trying to figure out what to do with your dress. Um, What's yes, the right way to go I about remember. it? And we were like talking about who to send it to to give COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we were very jokey about it. And then for a couple months, that was something you could not make a joke about. But it's been a year, so we can make jokes about it. We can talk about it now because we know that it doesn't live on surfaces. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, it was all mysterious. And it was just like, how do we deal with that this? Is, that is so funny that my biggest concern was like the dress, not the actual wedding. Because the actual wedding got canceled twice. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and so That's i was like hilarious. i'm gonna get some updates but i'm gonna start with the dress okay I the dress. Know... yeah i can tell you everything okay yeah let's start with everything that's an easy place to start <laughs> unless you had a specific question <laughs> i did i really jumped in quick you go ahead yeah okay <laughs> so the dress is it the same one that you ended up wearing no okay next question when it arrived what did you do with it as a precaution it. You what? I burned it. Is that true? No, it fit really badly. Mm. Um, because How long did you wait after China? delivery to putting it on? Uh, well, the wedding had already been canceled at that point. So, okay. um, so it took, but, but the second wedding that I thought I was going to have was still a go. So mm-hmm. I was like, let's try it on. It took, it took like three months. Yeah. I was, my heart was in this. I, mm-hmm. I was really committing to this. COVID. Wait, so then where's the dress now? Back in China. Oh, you sent it back to China? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't know that they were taking returns. <laughs> yeah, no, the borders aren't blocked for packages, only for people. Yeah. But um, I mean, my grocery store is not taking returns. I just assume people stop taking returns for everything. Yeah, it's, somehow it's not. Somehow, I don't even know if it arrived. Um, it's just not in my house anymore. That's good. Um, yeah, I tried it on. It didn't fit well. It itched in the armpits. And so I was like, okay, mm. I think it's, you know, time to send it back. And um, we didn't even end up having a wedding. So it all, it all worked out. 
you know. That's weird that that's what all worked out. Because <laughs> if you were to tell <laughs> little girl Zara, you're telling eight-year-old Zara, like, hey, guess what? Your wedding got canceled twice, so you guys just didn't have one, but it all worked out. You're like, that doesn't sound like it worked out at all. That's the opposite of worked out. Yeah, it all didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's wonderful. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah, no, it, it really brought a lot of peace into my heart. It was so funny because everything up until this whole COVID thing, relationship-wise, was very easy. Like, the way mm-hmm. we, like, moved in and we met and, like, and uh, got engaged and, like, everything was going so well. And then we are like, great, we'll plan the wedding. And they had our date available and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when it all when it all fell apart, we were like, this isn't, this is very off-brand for us. And then it, like, got canceled again. And then we were, like, p- people, like, because we only got engaged, like, 10 and a half months into our relationship and so I think Mm -hmm. like we knew we were sure but like rightfully so I think some people were a little skeptical but it was so funny because like after it got canceled a couple times and then we ended up just doing it at a courthouse yeah oh okay like you suffered I trust you again (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's weird but like because we had to like fight just to do like the bare minimum this Mm -hmm. this time with this thing I think it kind of gave everybody some confidence in our relationship well, that's good. Wait, no, did you do Justice of the Peace? Hmm? Did you do Justice of the Peace? Is that the, are those the vows? Should I know I, this? I think that's that? the courthouse that just, like, does, like, official court duty things where no one's arguing. So they're like, we want to get married, but we don't want a ceremony. And they're like, all right, cool, there we go. Well, that is what it was like, but no, we went to the San Bernardino Hall of Records. Oh, it was so fancy. Eric. Why did you choose San Bernardino? Because LA County wasn't taking new um, appointments because everybody's wedding got canceled and then they were just like flooded with appointments. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to the building. And San Bernardino's like, dude, we're open like all the way. I had you a, get yeah, a church. Had, like every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll give this to you for your wedding. Yeah. You, we have the movie theaters open. We're doing everything here. We're, That's so concerts i was born in san bernardino i don't know if you happen to see the plaque about that when you got into town no but maybe that's why i chose it i wanted to feel mm. like you were there oh good perfect I'm, I'm glad i knew if there was a hospital that you drove past i was born in that hospital really? there's only one in san bernardino i was born of course there. that sounds mm-hmm. right. yeah that sounds right wow well welcome to my wedding in the past yeah i was way early yeah and then when it got canceled the second time I'm like I'm out of here I'm going home yeah you were just hanging outside like an LA open mic Mm -hmm. and I've been to San Bernardino a couple of times since I've moved back to LA and every time like this place is like dirty like it's real dirty yeah like I don't physically in an attitude yeah yeah all of it's just like this is not welcoming I didn't realize you were born in San Bernardino how many places are you from all of them i'm a man of the people wherever there's people it changes okay. every time we talk it does I'll, I'll give you the whole rundown just so it's official okay i was born in san bernardino before i even Lies. formed memories my family moved to san diego right yeah specifically poway That's if anybody's another... making a yeah. map I know so you poway. put it in poway okay and then Pin. somewhere about 11 or 12 um jurassic park pre-britney I moved to Tucson, Arizona, right? Okay. Yeah. So I moved to Tucson, Arizona, sixth grade. And then I'm in Tucson until 17 years old. 
17 years old, I graduate high school. And like, I'll just give it like my 18th birthday, like three weeks before I turned 18, I moved to Chicago. What made you move around? Uh, I mean, the first couple things were my dad just getting different jobs. Mm-hmm. It was my dad working his way up a corporate ladder where he's like, oh yeah, this job offered me more money. And so I'm going to change company to do this. And so like that happened a couple of times in my childhood that formed that. At 17, I had a stepmom. I mean, I still have her. Same stepmom. Karen's around. Her family's from Chicago. I like Chicago. I wanted to do Second City. And so she was like, we'll figure this out. And so I went up there and lived in an apartment complex her dad owned that was like, all right, here you go. Like, here's a, here's a situation where you can move and start to get your feet wet in society. That's pretty awesome. I yeah, I did improv Chicago. for a bit, but I was too young. And so, like, my money management skills was just nowhere to be seen. Uh-huh. And so I couldn't afford to stay there. I was barely making it. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, didn't have a job. I was looking for a job. And I was held up at gunpoint at an ATM. And so my rent check bounced. And so instead of figuring out what to do next, I just took money and came back to Tucson. Oh my God. I didn't know that. That's a crazy story. I don't talk about that much. Um, It was, that was the end of my, my Chicago run was I didn't have money for rent because I was held up and I was really embarrassed about it because the guy was like, you're looking for a job. I got a job here. Come over here. My buddy will interview you right now. And I was like, that's great. We went right to an ATM where he had a gun. And I was like, this isn't a job at all. You know, like, this Fuckers. is the opposite of a job. Oh, that's the I worst. know. It was terrible. It was that terrible. He so like scary. he was really sad and like hugged me after he took the money and was like, I need this for my kid. And I was no. like, I don't know how to process all this. Yeah. And while that was happening, a cab showed up and the cab was like, get in. And I jumped in the cab and he goes, wherever you need to go, that's safe. I'll take you there for free. You shouldn't be in this neighborhood. And I was like, where am I? I thought I was just. Are you serious? Yeah, this is all real. I feel like I don't know you. This is like a this is like a real thing. This is yeah, a very this is a real, real story. Life shit. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, I was really I was so mad and confused and angry and I didn't know what to do, but I did know that I still had like a couple because the you could only take out like $400 a day in cash and rent was like 600 bucks and so I still had like 250 bucks. I knew I was going to barely make rent, but I knew I was going to barely make. Now I just couldn't I couldn't fathom where I'm going to get $400. Oh. And so I figured out that like for like $160, I could get a ticket, like a train ticket back to Tucson. Oh, geez, dude. So I took the Amtrak back to Tucson. Oh my God, that is And so then I was in Tucson for a couple years up until about 2001. And then I moved out here to like, I was my friend, Zach. You've met Zach. He's yes. the magician that got us into the magic castle. Yes. I moved onto his couch in 2001. Okay. And yeah, because it was like right before, I'm trying to remember, because I was working at a restaurant that closed down. I forgot about this. I went to work at a restaurant that was like, they put up a sign that was like, thank you for your business. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do. And Zach's like, I'm about to break up with my girlfriend and I need someone to help pay the rent. And so I moved over there. Um. And I was there for like a year on his couch and I could never make enough money to get off of his couch. I was working at Starbucks for that year in Santa Monica on the promenade. It didn't work out. And so I ended up moving back to Tucson and which I actually found like a steady job and things like got like better finally. 
Like I was like just impoverished, like just hand to mouth that entire time. And then in Tucson. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I got my old job back at a coffee shop and I ended up working my way up to like managing like the coffee kiosks around the U of A campus. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that was great. I was able to get some footing. I did that. I ended up getting a 911 job where I answered 911 calls for like six years. And then by the end of the 911, that's when the obsession with stand up really came into fruition. Okay. Around that time was when Netflix started to stream. And at that time, when they first started streaming, they had every stand-up special for Comedy Central. They had every half hour. So every Comedy Central Presents was on it, and I watched every single one. And when I was done watching all of them, I spent the next week, I took three days off work, and I drove to Los Angeles and watched open mics for three days straight. And then went back to Tucson, and then was like, I'm going to save up money and just move out there. And started selling everything I own. Oh, my God. And people are like, this guy's about to kill himself. Cause I was like selling everything. I'm like, do you guys want my TV? Do you want my washer and dryer? Like, and people couldn't figure out what was happening, but they were like, something's about to happen. Yeah. He's going to commit emotional suicide going to these open mics. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to. Yeah. So people were like, got worried for me a little bit. And then I moved out. Um, so then I moved from Tucson to Los Angeles did open mics out here for like a year and a half working some weird catering jobs still couldn't figure out how to like really make a living had to move back to tucson oh my god i didn't know three times that's wild yeah now when i was doing that preacher lawson i met him during that time period and he transferred from his uh red lobster wait waiter gig from florida to california and then back to florida because he didn't like it and so i was like oh it's way easier for me to find a job in Tucson. So I'll just transfer a job from Tucson to Los Angeles instead of try to find a job in Los Angeles. Cause I've had 0%. I've tried twice to move out here and it hasn't worked out. So, so I got a job at the Marriott in Tucson. And after working there for six months, I'm like, I would like to transfer to Los Angeles. And they were like, we're not actually affiliated with the Marriott. We only rent the name. So we can't transfer you to any hotel and i was like oh well then i quit and then i moved back to los angeles the next day oh my god because i was like i spent those six months on my friend andy's couch who i now do the mandalorian podcast with and so then i moved back to los angeles and somehow like in that first week of coming back dave from flappers was like you want a job oh my god because he remembered me from before and he saw that i was like having some struggle and i was like yes i would and that's when all the footing really happened and i've been here now for a decade and so I've adopted every sports team along the way, uh, yeah. essentially. I know. That's why you have so many hats. <laughs> that's why I have so many hats. And uh, that's why, like, yeah, that's why I'm like, oh, yeah, the Padres, love them. That's why, oh, totally. Because, you know, I was in San Diego as, like, as like a little kid. And then it was like, oh, Tucson, I love the Arizona Wildcats. I'll take them. Totally. Chicago, the Cubs, they're the best. It's a good way to not be a traitor. Exactly. I'm like, Los Angeles, Clippers, done. So it's almost like I have all these different cities and sports teams, but I've lived in all of them. How do you choose between the Clippers and the Lakers? It just felt like such a bandwagon thing to take the Lakers at the time. Okay, so you were just being irreverent. Yeah, I just didn't want to choose the champion. That's fair. You know, like, it's so easy and, like, for a sports loyalist, because I've been, like, loyal to the Cubs since I was a little kid. It, it would feel so like evil to just be like, I'm going to choose the ones that win all the time. Yeah. It's like rooting for Whole Foods. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like kind of corporate. Like when someone's like, oh, you're buying stocks. 
you should buy Tesla. You're like, yeah. yes, I get it. Yeah, You're like, Tesla's it's hacky. Very successful. Yeah. What a <laughs> hacky choice. <laughs> yeah. So because it wasn't the hacky choice. And at that time, they just got Blake Griffin, who was doing all these awesome slam dunks. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, cool. Totally into the Clippers. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. I wish yeah. I wish I uh, could find solace in a team or something like that. It's my my mom only made, let me play like individual sports like mm-hmm. she she didn't want me to like rely on anybody it's a very strange way of thinking did she do that on purpose yeah she's very russian in that way she's like trust no one <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's I could hilarious only play, yeah so i could only play tennis and uh my brother did karate mm-hmm. and uh we couldn't so did she it. like kobe because he doesn't pass the ball yeah and she loved yeah. kobe yeah she did she like, love Kobe? She did love Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> he trusts no one. Look at him. He just I shoots mean, it yeah. when he gets it. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't need a team. He is the Lakers. <laughs> he essentially was for a while. For a while, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. never when they won. He always had the second when they won. That's right. Yeah, then it was a team loss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah Shaq didn't take them all the way. Kobe's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> And for um, those who are listening, I don't want anything, no tweets about Shaq and Kobe. I know they won three times together. Thank you. Yeah, lots of things. That was that was my childhood. Those those like amazing golden years of the Lakers. I mean, like because I was born and raised here in LA. Yeah. Like, so, like it was like yeah, of course they're gonna win. Like it wasn't even like a question for a few years there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like no one had a chance. It was just like oh yeah, we're, let's watch the Lakers win again. It was just I didn't understand. And people complained later. about that with basketball, but if you look at basketball, all of basketball history is one team is just gonna blow out everybody for like five years, and then the next team shows up and blows at everybody for five years. It's interesting. It was I mean, the Celtics the for a long time, and then it was the Lakers, and then like the Bulls, and then the Lakers again. And then it was like whatever LeBron's on. And then it was Golden State for a couple of years. I didn't realize that the Lakers were hot before the Bulls for a while. With Magic. Oh, right. The Showtime years and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because oh, then it was like sports, the yeah. Bird and Magic era where they were just essentially right. winning everything. And I know that I've really just thrown out every now and then someone's had one great year or something and that happens. But there is a dominance. There's just always has dynasties. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, there are empires in every field, I would imagine. Basketball seems to be the most dominant by dynasties. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, has anyone won the World Series two years in a row? A lot of people have. I don't think anyone's won it three years in a row. I'm sure the Yankees probably maybe probably didn't. You'll let me know. But if you go back the last 20 years, I don't think anyone's won it back-to-back in the last 20 years. Okay. That's a long time. Yeah. Although the Dodgers have a chance this year, but there, so there are times where they're like, yes, these teams are dominant in this, but it's not so much. Right. And as far as football, it seems to be quarterbacks are dominant. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's like, it's more about individual players almost with, with football. Which doesn't make sense. And it didn't used to be that way. But I saw something that was like there's only one Super Bowl in the last 25 years that didn't have Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger. And then there's one other guy. But like essentially like they have pretty much been every Super Bowl except for one. 
Yeah, that's that's interesting. And I only would know those individuals, whereas like I know so many basketball players. Mm-hmm. It's also because they don't have a helmet covering their face. So like you identify more with the people playing and there are fewer people on the field or on the, mm-hmm. court. the court. Yeah, no, basketball makes sense to where you are the most one person dominated thing. Yeah, yeah. Although right. that essentially happened in our lifetime because I don't think before there wasn't like a wherever Peyton Manning goes, that team's going to the Super Bowl. Or the wherever Tom Brady went, that team was going to Super Bowl. Didn't happen before our lifetime, really. And now with LeBron, I've never seen anything like LeBron, where you're just like, oh, wherever that basketball player goes, they're going to win a championship. True, because like the the ones previous were pretty much like just in one team, and then that yeah. team would keep winning, like the Bulls and the Lakers. And- I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar won one with the Bucks, and then became a Laker, and then won a bunch. So there's stuff like that, but that's like real specific but it wasn't like oh every generation's got a guy who jumps around and wins for everybody yeah that's crazy yeah when the when the tom brady thing happened just this just this month like that was pretty wild i had a lot of fun watching the 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 nba finals um this last season too with miami that was fun Mm -hmm. yeah it was fun i've really enjoyed watching nba without the fans i don't feel a difference I do because you can hear them yell at each other more. It seems like there's more pressure on those people instead of the building. It's almost like them being able to take the pressure of what the game is. They were able to like, you know, that's a lot of the fans and we can narrow that out. Mm -hmm. But it seems like when you get rid of the fans and there's still that same pressure, now they're just blaming other players and it seems to feel a little more heated. That's interesting. I think that's true. It is, it is like a little more underground or something. Yeah. And it definitely um, makes the blowouts feel way more pointless in the last three minutes. Or because you, you know, like you're always like, well, they have to play off the time. Yeah. But now it's like you're just like, why are they even still there? That's funny. Yeah, that's true too. And there isn't like you know home home games, away games, or like they're still doing that. They don't do. They're not doing the bubble anymore. There's home and away games now. But you're like, okay. well, what's the point? Why yeah. do we need to put them in their own cities? It made no more fans. sense to put them all in. Orlando I think it's just for the comfort of the players so they can go home yeah I remember hearing a lot of people complain about it I yeah, mean yeah. players yeah. yeah I heard them personally I just like them on Twitter yeah they were just talking. yelling out into the void for it <laughs> yeah that's right but yeah if there are no fans I mean it's almost like there's no difference between a home game and a away game right mm-hmm. so so I talked to you a lot about your wedding but I didn't ask you how your wedding was oh so <laughs> That was the scenic route back to this conversation. Um, yeah, because then it became about my own personal history. And I was like, I don't think this has right. been covered in all 70, 80 episodes of the podcast. Oh my God. Well, I'm glad we finally did. Um, Thank you. The wedding was hilarious. It couldn't have been less romantic. And it, it was so unromantic, it almost circled back around to romantic again. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a number. They called out our number. Like, oh, it's like a deli? Yeah. They were like, number 35. Over the- <laughs> I screenshotted the text message that told me what our number was and then we had to walk up to bulletproof glass and we had to we couldn't even sign a paper we had to like sign the electronic thing like you're mm-hmm. like like you know applying for a mortgage or something and then um and then they were like normally we have a ceremony room but it's off limits because of the covid uh yeah so we're just gonna do it uh behind here okay are you ready zara do you take uh jonathan it was like that 
that's great <laughs> it was hilarious yeah and then she goes uh all right you can kiss with or without your mask on and um, i don't care yeah she, <laughs> <laughs> she was really like she had that attitude it was just so funny because she was like you're my 13th wedding today uh okay here we go do you blah blah i was like yeah i do whatever like makes you stop talking like that it was so like it was it was kind of freaky because for her it's obviously like just a job and yeah. for us it's like the biggest moment of our lives so yeah we exactly like, yeah and then when, it, when like we kissed with our masks on and then she was like okay have a nice life <laughs> jesus it was so funny. She like thought she was being sweet, but like any time, like no matter how nice you say, have a nice life, it sounds so fucking rude. <laughs> like, yeah, because you're like, I'm closing the door and I'm never going to see you again. Yeah, have a nice life. And you life. make it sound like the lady from Monsters, Inc. married you guys. I mean, she was like that. What was her name? Like Janice or something? I have no idea. All I know is that she says Mike Wazowski. And that's yeah. what all of us just say when we do the impression of her. Yeah, true. Um. And then we just took some hilarious photos like by the customer assistance sign and, um, <laughs> and like the fire extinguisher. And um, it was pretty fucking great, man. Can you hear that dinging or no? I don't hear anything. Okay, good. Um, yeah, so that, that was it. And then we like went to Chipotle, which is true to form for me, as you know. Yeah, of course, right on brand. Yeah, and then we went, we went home and- Was um, that your wedding cake? <laughs> He put a candle in the top. And then he like put some of the schmutz on your face. <laughs> the leftover juice from the bottom. Ugh. <laughs> and then, like, uh, this is the most romantic day of my life. There we have it. Episode 2 with Zara. I'm doing a, a lot of the sequels now. Just catching up because it's interesting. When I talked to all these people that I had on the first 15 episodes, it was all pre-lockdown. I feel like we've all shifted and changed so much. Zara gave us an update on the wedding. Awesome. And then next week, we have Jeff May coming back. Jeff May was also... I think Jeff May may have been the second episode I actually recorded. I feel like I recorded his episode before I recorded Zara's. And I just released Zara's first. And it's interesting because um, I remember when I started the podcast, Jeff May was like, what's this podcast even about? You're just going to talk to people? It's like, isn't that enough of that? You need to... F- what are we doing? Like, he had that talk with me before the podcast. And now that I'm a year later, he's like, I listened. It's good. Turns out you were right. I want to come back on and do it with the uh, let's just sit down and talk and and not worry about it sort of vibe. Because the first one, it really is for the both of us. Feeling out, I asked him as a favor of a friend to be like, hey, we're going to press record, we're going to talk, and I don't even know what the direction of my podcast is going to be. And now that I have a little bit more direction, which to tell you the truth, I'm not too sure I do. Um, If you've been listening from the beginning, maybe you can see some sort of evolution I don't necessarily know that I do, but I definitely was searching for what the direction of the podcast was during the first Jeff May one. Now that I've reached some closer to a direction, 
he asked, he's like, I'd love to come back on and do whatever this is instead of the one that I had before, which was trying to figure out whatever your show's going to be. So he's back. That's a lot of words. That's a lot of words to just be like, hey, he wants to come back now that I've been doing it for a while. Sure. And I love having him back. We do some good catch up on that, too. Uh, Very nerdy. Next week's is very nerdy. I didn't give Zara the proper exit. Zara, thank you for doing this again. I'm sure in another year after MoDoc comes out and I get that autographed action figure I've asked for twice now, <laughs> we'll have you back. Which, by the way, that's just the thing I do with any friend that has anything that becomes an action figure. I try to get them to sign it and I keep it. I have them around. So, boom. Zara, number two in the can. Jeff May, number two. Coming next week. Always excited to have that. Jeff May, little background information. I'm going to have more background information. The the podcast, I didn't quite know when I was with him how to direct it, which is where I got the idea, oh, I wish I would have given him a toy that we could talk about to get people to, you know, like just loosen up a little bit immediately. To be like, no, look, I'm giving you something. We have something to talk about. We're already in conversation. It was really used to whet the appetite of the guest and to give us a direction of like, we don't know where this is going to go and that's okay and we'll direct it and it's just two friends and thank you. I wanted to get all that out so I did it through the toys and that's where the toy idea came from was I wish I would have done that for Jeff May's first episode so then it appeared in the next, I don't know, 10 episodes until the pandemic of course and then I wasn't able to get in the same room to give people toys. So the toy idea died because of pandemic. But the toy idea was born because it was what I wish I would have done for Jeff. Who's given me toys? I'm actually looking at a gremlin toy he gave me for Christmas because he knew I wanted it. That's what a pal. All right. That's coming up. As always, I'm Aaron M. Marsh on all platforms. You can check me out there. You can buy my pins and stickers from there. You can look at my pictures of weird pizzas. I'm into that for some reason now. I don't know why I feel like I need to promote myself now and here, but I did. And guys, thank you very much for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong I find a place in this world I'll never belong I've got to be me I gotta be me What else can I be?